Hello, and welcome to Fact Schmacks. It's the podcast good enough to get you a C. Minus. My name is Matt, and I've got a story to tell you. And my name is Kev. I have a story to interrupt. Well, Kevin, it's been a while. Yeah. Yeah, it's been a hot minute. It's been summertime, man. Like, yeah. what can I say? So, it's, you know, uh, once again, apologies to our audience. Kids are back in school, uh, and that means that we are back at back at it. So we are hoping to yeah. resume uh, weekly episodes uh, going forward. And, uh, you know, thanks for, for bearing with us. Yeah, I think going forward, we'll have like a little bit of a break over the summer. Yeah, I think keep we're it, just going to sk- schedule some sort of season because it's just not feasible. Like, you know, yeah. families you know, and stuff. Matt, maybe a good idea is that uh, this be the season finale. You know and what? We start a new season going maybe, forward. Maybe it could be. How about we do that? Ooh. Let's do that. I like the sound of that, a season finale. I got a special okay. story cooked up just uh, just for such an occasion. Okay. Yeah. Do you have like a special finales. special facts cooked up? Sort <laughs> Absolutely of not. With a sense of finality to it? Absolutely not. I do have a fact schmacks. It's just not special. Yeah, okay. You know, I'm sorry to say, although it is about a special fella... Okay. I kind of like when I picture him, even though I know what he looks like, I picture a friend of mine named Jim. <laughs> Jim Atomic. Okay. All right. In, Sounds in, like a handsome fella. Character. Yeah. And he's an exciting historical character who I hope that someday we do a story on. All right. All right. I got a couple of fact schmacks here about Mr. Teddy Roosevelt. All right. I know at least one <laughs> thing about Teddy Roosevelt. Okay. But I bet it's me. one of your facts, so I'll save it. Uh, yeah, maybe. <laughs> um, so, fact or schmacks, Matt? Yes. Teddy Roosevelt was so keen on boxing, he had a boxing ring installed in the White House. <laughs> okay. Fact or schmacked, Matt. Yeah. A well-known avid hunter. It was alleged on one or two occasions that Teddy signed important documents in the Oval Office while wearing a bearskin hat that was like basically the bear head. <laughs> kind of like the, the fur thing from Workaholics. Sure. <laughs> Fact or schmacked, Matt. Yeah. <laughs> this is why I picture him as Jim Atomic, you know? <laughs> That's something that's something Jim Atomic would do. But I'm not nearly that badass. No, no. No, I couldn't hunt the bear in the first place. <laughs> no. During an 11-month-long African hunting expedition, Teddy Roosevelt shot 296 animals, including nine lions and five elephants. What do you think? Quite the hunter. Yeah, two of them are hunting. Quite the man's man. Yeah. Uh, Do you think he bare knuckle boxed in the Oval Office while wearing a bear hat? Like a bear head? Things I, you know, 
I'm su- the the one th- I'm really surprised at the things you included in that because I'm not familiar with any of them. Uh, I'm Perfect. gonna say the bear hat thing is not true. <laughs> All right. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't have a lot of time to prep today because I didn't think we were recording. So I had about a solid twenty minutes. Uh, but, uh, oh yeah, since yeah, since we talked about recording this morning, yeah. Well, I've had a busy day, you know. I, I, have I a job. bet. I bet. Yeah, you do. Yeah. <laughs> I wouldn't expect you to understand. <laughs> <laughs> I'm very busy. I have a lot of responsibilities. I have other things going on. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm surprised. So anyhow, I'm surprised you didn't include um, the the anecdote about him getting shot during a speech and continuing the speech. See, this is why we need to talk about Teddy Roosevelt on this show. There's a lot of really interesting things about Teddy Roosevelt. So once again, I'm using this, the ultimate book of useless information, which is kind of my lazy go-to for fact schmacks. It's just rife with random facts that I can just be like, oh, I like those. And they're usually pretty fascinating. I am uh, going to start including, uh, by the way, at the end of the episode, a, hey, Go here for more information uh, section. And we're going to do that at the end of of every episode. Just like the stuff that I looked at and, you know, where to go for for more stuff. Just like all the other things we've promised in our episodes and never delivered. I'm going to try to keep this up. You're going to find out it's going to be a lot of the same stuff. But, uh, you know, hey, that's that's how life is, baby. Wikipedia is the gold standard of the show. Baby. Maybe. <laughs> so what do you got for me? You got a story? Well, you got I, a tale to tell? I do have a tale to tell. One, okay. you know, with a real sense of finale, uh, finality in that this is going to be the first in a long series of <laughs> episodes. Oh? Yeah. Is our finale going to be like a trilogy? This, well, this is going to lead into probably a trilogy, or at least there's going to be at least three more episodes related to this topic. Uh, Interesting, but we're not gonna do them all at once, or you know, we're not gonna. We don't have to do it like we did the, the technology stuff where that the was all just a, yeah, eight bit wars where that was all just one big block. But where are we? Rome, baby! Oh, hey, this is already a trilogy, dude. Yeah, like maybe even a four. Oh, yeah. What's the quadrilogy? Circa 264 BCE is when this story is going to start, but we're actually going to go back before that to set the stage for where things are at in 264, if that makes sense to you. So, really, we're going to the island of Sicily, baby. Uh, Okay. Circa 280, so about, you know, 16 years before the, the... the time period in question, there was a group of mercenaries who had essentially been orphaned from the the state that they had been serving. The king that that they were serving passed away, and they were essentially let go. So they were just a roving band of mercenaries wandering around Sicily, and eventually they it's like West Side Story. Uh, sure, imagine them like snapping their way across uh, across the yeah, island of Sicily. Totally. Sure. Uh, eventually, for a place to happen. Yeah, eventually they came across the city of Messina, 
uh, which is situated sort of at the closest point between Rome and the island of Sicily. There's like this little kind of peninsula that juts out, and it's very close to uh, to to Italy. Closest point between Italy and, and Sicily, I should say, not Rome. Um, is Sicily not part of Italy? It's right off the coast. It's an island. But it's it's governed by Italy, is it not? Currently? I don't know. We are terrible. I know. (laughs) (laughs) Man, the wheels already came off. This is great. At the time, I can tell you no. I'm pretty sure Sicily's a part of of Italy, yes. I think it is. Yeah, I'm I'm pretty sure it is. Reasonably sure of that, but I'm not. Isn't it like the heel of the boot? No, it's an island. Bring up Google Maps. You might need to bring that up anyways. Maybe we'll put it in the uh, picture of the um, episode. Probably we won't. (laughs) <laughs> um <laughs> yeah so these uh these mercenaries they come across the city of messina and the good citizens of messina they let these mercenaries into the city and into their homes give them a little shelter and uh, they get really comfortable there really really comfortable there in fact they get so comfortable there they decide it would be probably just better for them if they just murdered all the men and took all the wives or the women for their wives and just sort of became, you know, <sighs> the people who lived there. So wow. that's what they did. Wow. Yeah. Okay. That's so Yeah, that's that's they then they started calling themselves the Mamertines. Oh. Yeah. So that Those happened. Those are jerks. Yeah, they are. They're it's a real dick move. Not Total dick move. Not cool at all, really. Um, the rest of Sicily, uh, we, you know, it's a it's a reasonably big island, um, is divided between Syracuse, which is to the southwest of you know where where um, uh, Messina Wait, is. Isn't that in Arizona? No, <laughs> there is, I believe, a Syracuse. It's a <laughs> lot of uh, you never believe it, but uh, they took that name from somewhere else. Oh no, kidding! Yeah, if you if you can if you can reckon. Um, which that was a Greek colony, and it was currently led by a guy named uh, Hiero. And you know okay. what? You know how he got the job of being in charge of Syracuse. He was a general oh. in the army of Pyrrhus of Epirus. Wait, 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 wait! <laughs> Pyrrhus of Epirus. Yes, I know this name. Yeah, from a Faxmax episode. It sure is. So give me, the, give me the skinny on Pierce of Epirus. Well, that's where the term uh, Pyrrhic victory comes from. He did, he tried to kind of invade yes, Rome, and yes. he you know he won a few battles, but he eventually left gonna, because they were all I'm too try costly. And link that show in the show notes. There we go. For anybody who wants to know more about Pierce of Epirus. So after he left Italy, he went to Sicily, and he he kind of founded a base there. And this hero guy was the guy he left in charge. Uh, then Pyrrhus uh, went back to Greece, and you know, Hero eventually just became the king of uh, of, of Syracuse, this little okay. city state there. Um, and then Carthage controlled basically the entire western portion of of Sicily. But who the hell is Carthage? Right, Carthaginians—they were like the big enemies of Rome. That absolutely. What do you know about the Carthaginians? I just said it. (laughs) (laughs) That's everything, man. Okay, yeah. That's it. I know they were the enemies of Rome. Rome. There was a a battle of Carthage. 
and uh, there was a battle of it. Carthage. Yep, you've we've. I think there was many battles of Carthage. There was a few. Yes. Yeah, it, it didn't happen. Like it wasn't like a day of battle. It was like years. Yeah. 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 Is that what the episode's about? Maybe. Oh, I do this sometimes. Well, I know after just enough to get by. Yeah, absolutely. It's a story of my life. <laughs> so who's who's Carthage? Carthage was uh, one of several cities founded by the Phoenicians uh, along the Mediterranean. Do you remember the Phoenicians? We've talked about them too in an episode. Talked yeah, about them in the Bronze Age episode. I don't know if this uh, webcam's clear enough to show the blank look on my oh, face. Oh, it was. Yes, I saw <laughs> okay, emptiness. That was good. Yeah. yeah, brother, yeah. I just That's stared into the void and it stared back at me. <laughs> <laughs> um, Did but it say anything? No. Okay. Said I'm gone, That's man. Uh, the Phoenicians <laughs> yeah, were like a seafaring sort of merchant people. Uh, and they okay. founded all these colonies sort of around in and around the Mediterranean. But there was no real like um, coercive or, or sorry, cohesive um uh, bond between them they all kind of very fend for yourself carthage was located in uh what's modern day tunis which is uh you know tunisia uh the capital i don't know if you know where tunis is Uh, Uh, algeria nope it's in tunisia Uh, tunisia yeah you might want to look that up (laughs) on a map just so you can like you've got a basis for comparison but it's basically you know sicily Kind of south from there in Africa. So if I look up Carthage, Sicily, you could I just look up to... Tunis because that's exactly where Carthage was. Listen, I got T U N I S, Tunis. Okay. So Carthage that that wound up being a pretty important spot to be. Anything that was getting traded east to west or west to east wound up stopping in Carthage, and as a result, Carthage got very, 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 uh, very wealthy. And through their wealth, they wound up controlling a very sizable portion of the Mediterranean. Uh, Basically, they controlled northern Africa, west of um, Egypt, and uh, also... Parts of Spain and half of Sicily. Sicily, sorry. Okay, so I'm looking at a probably a pretty good map. So Sicily, like if it, if Italy is the boot, yeah. Sicily is the rock it's kicking. Sure, yeah. And it's kicking that rock straight into Carthage. Carthage makes like a little narrow strait in the Mediterranean Sea between yeah. Carthage and Sicily. And like so, Ro- so yeah, Rome is on street. like. Rome, the city, is on like the shin of the boot, so you can right. You can imagine Sicily as being like the halfway point between Carthage and Rome. Absolutely, yeah. yeah. Uh, even I you know, see that now. Just to bring this back, I'm going to put that in the notes or something or on the episode cover. Just to bring this back to now, the cat's out of the bag, and that's uh, what we're going to be talking about. To, Piers of Epirus, when he was leaving Rome and Sicily, he was you know quoted as having looked out onto. On, onto the Mediterranean and said something to the extent of uh, what a field we are leaving for the Romans and the uh, Carthaginians to exercise their arms. Basically yeah, saying like, these guys are going to fight in no time flat. And, uh, you know, within about, I think, 10 years of him saying that, they were indeed uh, fighting. 
Which historically <clears throat> is a blink of an eye, but you know, yeah, that's ten years is kind of a long time. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it depends what it depends what phase of life you're in, right? Older yeah, you get, true. the quicker the years get. That's absolutely true. Uh huh. Um. Mm-hmm. So, life in Carthage—they were a merchant empire, so money was the only real <laughs> currency that mattered. <laughs> Politically speaking, uh, if you were rich, you got to be in a leadership position. If you weren't, oh, that's... yeah, how bizarre, right? Wow, I would never have thought that's how life would work. Well, to contrast that against the Romans who had the plebeian uh, patrician split, where you know, if you weren't, it didn't matter how wealthy you are, if you were born a pleb, you were still going to stay a pleb, you couldn't even marry into those <laughs> families. Funny so, how strange life, uh. <laughs> was back then isn't it <laughs> right um yeah. but yeah so so no um uh carthage was much more of a meritocracy in that sense like if you got rich yep you got to be in charge if you lost all your money guess what you're not in charge anymore so it's pretty much the uh yeah if you if you weren't rich you didn't lead but two things jack and shit to quote uh, bruce gamble okay. mm-hmm. militarily they had like a core group of soldiers uh, but then they just hired mercenaries to do everything else for them. But um, where they did excel was having a a navy. You know, as a merchant empire, they do a lot of shipping. Mm-hmm. You know, so I don't know how to take the the the, the view you're giving me now <laughs> with the hands in front of your eyes. You kind of very much reminded Sorry, of was... uh, Pan's Labyrinth. Uh, it's the uh... You know, I'm listening. Sure. And just a reminder on how, like, Rome operates, you know, if you hadn't listened to our first episode, didn't know, or if you just don't know in general, uh, you know, Rome had um, dual consuls, which were elected, pers- you know, elected, not not how we th- conceive elections, like just rich men got, got to vote, but they were uh, elected. Um, they always elected two guys to lead. They got a one-year term. Uh, they, they could each veto whatever the other person was doing because they were really terrified of anyone ever taking over and being king and this is like back when they were very very serious about you know that that sort of thing uh, one thing I want to mention here we're going to be talking about a war that takes place over a 20 year period so if you okay. think about um, a war that takes place over a 20 year period in a society that elects two leaders per year. That means there's going to be 40 people who are in charge of this army at various times as oh we go God. through this conflict. This is going to be the most confusing episode of our lives. Thank God it's the last one. I promise season two will be better. Uh, any to our listener, I promise to what? So to your, uh, to your belief, what I've opted to do is actually just not name any of them. And just refer oh, no, to no, them. Oh no no no! Like, why don't as, we give them give like the leader just a, a pseudonym? Uh, I have named a few of them. Sorry, I've only named uh, people who I thought it was either important to name or who are going to show up much later. The family's going to show up, that sort of thing. So I'm only right. you know oh. there's going to be very very few names that we're that we're dealing with here. Uh, okay. But I just wanted to mention that because like obviously these are. You know, there's there's going to be a whole lot that I'm leaving out as I try to cram this into a podcast <laughs> here. Do. Yeah, I'm still on the first slide of like I don't know eleven. <laughs> so oh god, yeah. Anyways, 
Um, those dicks, the Mamertines, they eventually run afoul of uh, of Hero of Syracuse, and they kind of get into a fight. Now, Syracuse was a much bigger deal than you know these these Mamertines who taken over this one little city. So fearing, you know, being outnumbered and, and losing their uh, their situation that they had there, they asked the Carthaginians for help. And the Carth- Carthage was happy to oblige, uh, and they helped them stay out of Syracuse. You see, Carthage pretty much uh, had like an on-again, off-again war with Syracuse going on for a very long time. But almost immediately, the Mamertines... They they didn't really love being under Carthaginian rule. They found that to be very inconvenient. Uh, so they turned around and they asked Rome to come in and help drive off the Carthaginians. Now, this put Rome kind of on the horns of a dilemma. On one hand, they'd just, literally just finished wrestling the entirety of the Italian peninsula into submission. Uh, at this point, like they're exhausted, but they own all of Italy. It is settled. Um, but they don't now have any obvious avenues for further expansion. I mean, they could go north kind of into like uh, what they call uh, Cisalpine Gaul, uh, uh, or Gaul on this side of the Alps. Um, or they could go into, into Sicily or Greece or, you know, but... Here they're kind of being given an opportunity to step into Sicily as as liberators, let's say, politically sure. uh, a politically cool way of doing that. On the other hand, <clears throat> there was a bit of a moral problem with them doing that. You see, they'd actually had a city, or a similar situation, sorry, to what the Manertines had done, a city I think called Regium. Um, they'd had a group of mercenaries just take over the city. And it was it was ostensibly under Roman rule, and and the Romans they had taken a very dim view of that, uh, and they had uh, they actually were were so angry at that they marched legions out there and they dragged these people out of the city and they brought them back to Rome to be publicly executed. So they had they had really harshly you know strongly frowned upon that kind of behavior. Um, but still, like, in a battle between practical concerns and moral concerns, well, you know, your practical concerns are going to win pretty much every time. So Rome decides to YOLO any concerns about starting a war with Carthage, and they agree to help the Mamertines. And just like that, a 23-year-long war between Rome uh, and Carthage starts, and it's called the First Punic War. Okay, I've heard of this. Mm-hmm. Now, do you know why it's called the First Punic War, by the way, not the First Carthaginian War? Um, oop. Because Carthage is what Carthage, Carthage called itself, and, and uh, Pun, Puni, or, or Punics, is what Rome called them. And Rome won. Oh, so Rome won. Yep, basically. Fair enough. What yeah. do Punics uh, translate to? Like puny, wimpy? No, it's just, uh, it's how they, it was their word for Phoenician, basically. Okay. Yeah. That's way less humorous. Yeah, no, it is. This, yeah. <laughs> I'm disappointed, but carry I'm s- on. Sorry about that. So before we get it's into okay. what eventually kind of happens here, let's just take a moment and take stock of the respective strengths and weaknesses of each of our uh, combatants. Rome is made okay. up of 
Wait, wait, wait. In this corner, Rome. Yes. Okay, go ahead. In this corner, Rome, weighing in at the combined weight of Italy, I guess. Uh, they're made up of warrior farmers, really people of the earth, and they are more or less unmatched on land. At the time uh, the war started, they had just finished a 50-year on-again, off-again, um, you know, just absolute struggle for survival uh, with their major ra- rivals for power in Italy, the Samnites, who they had finally uh, crushed. Now, the Samnites were a hill people. I just love the okay. idea of, of hill people. Maybe because that old Mike Myers sketch, uh, skit from Saturday Night Live, Lothar of the hill people. Anyways, they were a hill <laughs> people. They they fought a lot on hills. This is going to maybe come into play a little bit later, but I just need to mention that... Uh, you know, Romans were really good at fighting on land and for the last 50 years had been fighting particularly in hills. Um, okay. It's unclear if they even ever really had a navy of their own up until this point. They had, like, kind of contracted some stuff from Greek allies if they ever really needed to do it. But, uh, you know, land, they're good. Boats, not so much. Carthage, on the other hand, <coughs> they're a seafaring nation of traders. They're exceptionally rich, uh, but they have a comparatively weak and inexperienced land army, army, uh, and they're making up for that basically with money to try and, you know, recruit talent. But Mm -hmm. I wonder what's going to happen when these guys fight over an island. So in 264, Rome dispatches one of its consuls for the year, a guy named Apius Claudius. Not to be confused with another guy famous guy from Rome named Apius Claudius who built like the Apian Way, which is the major Roman highway. There's like seven Roman names, which is another reason why I'm not going to get into anybody's fucking name as much as I can. <laughs> yeah, all the names repeat in these Roman stories. Oh, it's it's bananas. Um, so, he, yeah, he goes in to help the Mamertines. Uh, when he gets to Messina, the Carthaginian garrison that's there isn't expecting Rome to show up. They don't know what to do, so they just bail. They don't want to, you know, be responsible for starting a war with Rome. Uh, the commander of that garrison was, uh, after that, he was summoned to Carthage, and they crucified him, literally. Jesus. Yeah, for failing to... Uh, like, pre- like Jesus. Yeah. <laughs> uh, also, like, that's got to be one of the worst ways to go, right? Yeah. Like, that's days of suffering. For sure. Yeah, I'd take like, yeah. yeah, I'd take any of the reasonably, like I'd take burning to death over that, even though that's, yeah. you know, considered to be one of the worst. <laughs> this is a morbid conversation. Yeah. yeah, well, that's often where our shows go. Mm-hmm. I'm actually uh, working on an episode for next season where somebody is burned at the stake. Oh, good. Very excited about that. Um, Yeah, so... uh Carthage then immediately, they stop fighting with Syracuse. You know, the sort of the enemy of the enemy is my friend sort of thing. They form a sort of a defensive pact with him. Uh, neither Carthage, Carthage nor uh, Syracuse were super interested in this Johnny-come-lately Romans showing up in the Sicilian, you know, battlefield that they had been fighting over for a long time at that point. Uh, Syracuse and Carthage each march an army up to Messina, where the Romans had, you know, at this point, established themselves and and kind of fortified themselves in. Claudius, the general there, 
seeing that the two armies combined outnumbered his own, decided to take bold action. Uh, And he marched his legions out and he challenged the Syracusan army right away. The Syracusans did put up a resistance at first, but uh, they looked over and couldn't help but notice that the Carthaginians, who were pretty close by, weren't really making any moves to come in and help them. They seemed like they were pretty content to just watch them duke it out with Rome. So Syracusans decided, fuck this, we're out of here. So they made an orderly retreat back to their own territory. Uh, Having cleared them off the battlefield so quickly, uh, uh, Claudius is able to wheel his army around and face Syracuse. Uh, And uh, he beat them too. Two for two. Not bad for Rome so far. Hold up, hold up, hold up. Yo. You said Carthage watched Syracuse yeah. fight Rome. Yeah. And then he wheeled around and fought Syracuse. No, fought Carthage. Fought Carthage. Yeah. Okay. <clears throat> I just want because I knew that's what you meant. Sorry. That's right. Sorry. If that is what um, I said, I apologize. Yeah. So they fight Syracuse and yeah. then Syracuse bails, Syracuse says, fuck this. Is like, fuck, yeah, fuck yeah. this. You guys are dicks. Wheels around. You said you'd help me. Yeah, wheels around, marches uh, on Car- on the Carthaginians, beats them too. They also retreat. So okay. this just gives them more time to kind of shore up their their fortifications here. Sorry. So one one last question, just yep. to sum up the you know where we're at here. Yep. So we got we got these uh, West Side Story little gangsters. Going oh around yeah, they're basically of out of the story. They basically at this point. start it. Yeah, they start it and then they're they out. Co- like, somehow start it and then they just kind of like yeah. Well, you guys fight it out. We'll see you in a hundred. <laughs> Pretty years. much, yeah. They start a twenty-three-year-long okay. war that um, removes about a fifth of the male population of Rome by the time it's done. Oh no, shit. Yeah. So they were responsible for a lot of bad shit. A lot, a, a lot, a lot of bad shit, yeah. Now, if they're out of this story, uh-huh. can I just ask, Yeah. do you know how their their story ends, or do they just become that place? I think they just, by... They keep living there and... I mean, I think by the time you know, this thing ends, it's been like 23 fucking years since whatever they did. It's been... Well, they, they were in charge of that but place for like... But those guys don't ever get dragged out and... Publicly I executed? I don't think so, no. Hmm. So they no. just kind of got away with it and started a huge war. Yeah. They're real yeah, dicks. Fair enough. Yeah. Yeah, that's a real dick move. It is a real dick move. All right, so we've got this big battle. Big uh, battle's over. Like, yeah. fuck this, I'm gone. Yeah, then they turn got up. Beat. Yeah, they're like, fuck this, we're gone. We're going to regroup. So next, Claudius, yeah. you know, what am I going to do? He marches on Syracuse, which I think is the, is the smarter thing to do. Take them out. Make sure that they're, you know, either going to be not part of this, or the, if they are going to be part of it, they're going to be on on your side. Um, yeah. So I beat you in the field. Now I'm taking your city. Exactly. So he marches That's on. A boss move. Yeah. He actually did this like kind of fake march on the city. He he set up a, a small siege that he knew wasn't going to work. Just see if he could force terms, and then it didn't really work. And the next year they had to come back and pillage a bunch of the. Uh, the, the countryside and then come back with, you know, come back with a bunch more legions. And finally, Hero, the, the, the king was like, yeah, OK, maybe you guys are probably serious about this. So he did give up and uh, they gave him actually a pretty good deal. They let him stay in control of everything he was in control in. And they even let him be in control of some more stuff because they didn't necessarily want to administer it, I guess. 
So he got a pretty mm-hmm. sweet deal. That's the, not bad. Yeah. The next city that Rome, and, uh, Rome set their sights on was uh, Agrigentum, and they did not get nearly such a, a sweet deal. There was a pretty brutal battle and a pretty brutal siege, well, a siege for a long time and then a battle. Um, and once uh, once they actually got into the city, um, all discipline kind of broke down in the legions. It was a very particularly brutal sacking. The commanders, you know, in hindsight said that this was, they did this deliberately to prove a point, you know, that you got to, this is what happens when you, uh, when you resist us. But, you know, they really should have, um, you know, the way they handled things with, with Syracuse was way better than the way they handled things with, with, uh, aggregantum. They probably. Was there a whole lot of bad things happening? Yeah. And a whole lot of things that I don't really want to really get into, but the sort of things that happen when an army overruns. Yeah. Sort of thing that happens when an army overruns a city. Uh, but this did leave Rome at this point, like less than a year into this 23-year war over Sicily. Um, they are in control of two-thirds of Sicily. Not bad, right? They got Hero on their side. They've, uh, con- they control Aggregentum. Uh, that's good news. The bad news is that the remaining cities under Carthaginian control, and particularly the remaining two big ones, um, are pretty much impregnable by land. And since Carthage has a superior navy, and these were coastal cities, you couldn't siege them. You couldn't starve them out because you couldn't enforce a blockade. Well, they couldn't enforce a blockade. So Carthage would be free to restock these cities. And the Romans would essentially just be camped out outside. So why couldn't they be approached by land hills? I'm going to guess. No, mountains? just... Is there uh, mountains in Sicily? No, just uh, fortifications, walls. Just very heavily okay. fortified. Just, okay. Yeah. Absolutely. They yeah. got their walls up. They've been hurt before. Yeah, exactly. They've been there okay. long enough that it just ain't it ain't happening. Um, sure. And the way you deal with with that is typically you'd siege the city and starve them out, but you can't do that because you know they can supply themselves yeah. by by uh, by navy. So it's just kind of futile. So here they are, essentially at a stalemate a year into this war. Carthage can't compete with the Roman army. They've pretty much established that, or at least that's what they strongly believe. And Rome can't do anything to stop Carthage from supplying its heavily fortified cities. Uh, not to spoil anything, but this war is going to be won by whoever decides to take it to the other team, you know, on their strength, so to speak. So either yeah. Carthage has to sack up and, you know, field an army capable of of kicking the shit out of Rome on land, or Rome is going to have to field a navy uh, for the first time in their uh, entire history. Would you field a navy or would you, I mean... Uh, yeah, water. good point. Good point. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Who would that be? Uh, would you would ocean you, a navy? Uh, would you pond would a you navy? See a navy? See a navy? Uh, you could see it if it was close enough. You absolutely could see it if it was close enough. Uh, I don't know. Uh, womp, 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 womp. Well, since uh, you know Latin is the cornerstone of most European languages, and not whatever if they spoke in Carthage, uh, it might not surprise you to learn that it was Rome that decided to. Uh, build a navy despite their complete lack of experience in the water. Um, a in Carthaginian the in the navy, a Carthaginian quinquirami 
as how I think that might be pronounced, uh, charged too aggressively and grounded itself in, in Roman territory. And Roman engineers were able to basically take this thing and reverse engineer it. And they, yeah, they just stole it, this design and built their own versions of it. Now, Isn't what is it funny to think of a like an old wooden boat as like the the technology that had to be reverse engineered? Yeah, for sure. Like now, you think of like some kind of highly sophisticated drone or something. Hmm. Actually, okay, Back so then, it was just like a boat. There is a funny little tie-in to buoyancy in this um hero i better hope this fact floats (laughs) oh god i'm sorry people hero of uh of syracuse um he actually thought that he was getting ripped off because he had ordered this crown Uh, and this is like before it might be before maybe after i don't know but it's the same guy it's hero he thought he was getting ripped off because he had ordered this crown he thought "Ah, it doesn't feel right i don't know yeah, he heard it from Amazon. That's right, and so he tasked <laughs> he tasked this uh, he tasked his this guy who lived uh, who lived in Syracuse, this guy named uh, Archimedes, to try and figure oh, out. I've heard of this. Yeah, thing. to try and figure out if he was maybe getting the shaft on this crown. And Archimedes famously said, "Eureka!" When he figured out that yes, if I can just figure out how much water that much gold should displace, I can do the same thing with the crown. And yeah. Okay. Yeah, as well, but like density of material stuff. Yeah, and and he he just figured out that whatever they've replaced with is denser and it would displace more water. Okay. Mm Hmm. And then he, I think that's Hmm. he also figured out why things float. Maybe I don't know. It's always taught with that. That's where my knowledge of that little anecdote ends. Uh, But supposedly this these that's fun. Yeah, but supposedly these ships were designed by Archimedes originally. Uh, but then the Romans t- stole it and reverse engineered them. So what are these things? Just to kind of give you a, a context for how big these boats were. Um, this is a boat that's big enough to hold about 340 people. Uh, 300 comfortably? I don't know about how comfortable they were because 300, 300 of them were going to be uh, crewing and rowing the boat. Um, and then they had... Sucks. Yeah, and then they had 40, like, basically Marines. So just, you know, dudes with swords ready to ready to fight if it if it comes to that boat combat back in that day was very rammy in that uh you just try and outmaneuver your opponent and then ram your armored keel into their broadside or hull so they actually did they just called it ramming (laughs) sure Uh, anyways, uh, Rome built 120 of these goddamn things and dispatched them to Sicily to uh to train now, one of the consuls for that year, and this is a guy I'm going to name because he's got a great name. Are you ready? Yes. Are you ready? Yeah. Yeah. Scipio. <clears throat> what? Scipio. 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 Not to be mistaken with Scipio from one of our original. No, no. That's that, I think from it, our first episode. Yeah. Well, we just mentioned him because he's one of the great names. It's I a great. It was it, Scipio with an no, S. Scipio, yes, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah. Oh, Scipio. cut off the S the first oh, time you sorry. said it. Yeah, like you said Scipio. No, this is a Discord uh, Discord issue. No, Scipio, Scipio, now, our old pal Scipio. Yeah, now the Scipios or are a family named Scipio. Really, it was in the first episode we talked mostly about Pompey. We just mentioned that Scipio was another great name. Yeah, 
Yeah. So this is but that's that's going right back to our first right back that, to our first wow, episode. What a complete circle. Uh huh. In our finale, we talked about something that came up in our first episode. Hey, there we go. That's really nice. Wow, that's majestic. All yeah, right. good night, to- folks. Totally planned that. We're gonna edit out this part where we realized that on the spot. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, we totally planned that to happen. Absolutely. Scipio, uh, he decides he's going to take 17 ships and try to take a port town, even though they don't have a whole lot of experience. He thinks he's got an opportunity. Now, the Carthaginians, they catch wind of this, and they decide to come have a look because if if nothing else, it might be good for a laugh uh, to see what these clowns are up to. Um, And uh, they actually, he, he goes into the port or like the harbor in the port, and the Carthaginians then just trap his fleet in the port, and then uh, and then they they beat them up. Basically, is what they did. They beat them badly. Scipio himself was captured in this little sortie. He was later returned to Rome in a prisoner exchange. But this uh, this misadventure, Rome's first naval battle, and thus Rome's first naval defeat, uh, earned him the nickname. Scipio Asina, roughly translating to Scipio the Ass. <laughs> <laughs> like donkey. Uh, yeah. yeah. So the Romans quickly figured out that they weren't really good at naval combat. So they they made what they they it very rarely in in Roman history will they ever invent a thing, but this is one of those times they invented a thing called a corvus. What a corvus was is basically... dirty. Yeah, it does sound dirty. Uh, A corvus was... Come see my corvus. Come see my corvus. A a corvus (laughs) was basically a giant drawbridge on top of the ship that had a big spike on the end of it, and the whole thing was like on a lazy Susan so they could rotate it around. So, okay, and then they just like fly swat another boat or what? Well, so what they would do, because like they're really good on land, right? So what they would do is if a Carthaginian ship got too close, they'd swing this thing around, drop it onto the ship. It would hold the ship in place and they run across the drawbridge like a gangway. And then then oh, it's then it's badass. a land fight. So, no kidding. Yeah, so they invented that thing, and the first battle, this battle called the Battle of Mylae, this thing was, like, extraordinarily effective. The battle of what, sorry? Uh, Mylae. Which I hear is very bad. Oh, fuck off. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you're welcome. Just awful. So, yes, the next time the fleets met, it was at the Battle of Mylae, off the coast of, you guessed it, Mylae. Uh, the first Carthage, 30 or so Carthaginians fleet to engage uh, got the Corvus dropped in them. Very, very effective. It was never quite as effective again as it was in that first battle, but it certainly bought them that uh, that first victory that they really needed. And the other thing is it kind of built up their confidence and their experience, which was a good thing. Yeah. 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 Now, still didn't really get them anywhere. By 256 BCE, which is eight years into this war, 
they're basically in the same spot. They control two thirds, maybe more of Sicily at this point, but they cannot dislodge Carthage from those two main cities. They decide that it's high time that they take the fighting to Carthage. So they gather up their whole fleet at this point, about 330 ships and they load up a bunch of transport ships with about 27,000 legionaries and they set sail for Africa. Carthage does catch wind of this and they get very concerned, um, you know, because they're pretty sure that they cannot actually beat Rome in a, you know, in an actual uh, uh, straight up fight. So they gather mm-hmm. their own fleet and they try to intercept this Roman fleet on the way to Carthage. Uh, the Battle of Economus is the result it might be the largest naval battle in history just based on the number of combatants involved. There's nearly 300,000 people uh, spread out between all the boats that were involved in this battle. That's wild. It is wild. At the end of the day, Carthage was able to slow down this invasion, but they were not able to stop it. They probably did buy themselves enough time to ultimately... Um, for it ultimately be, to be effective. Uh, but Rome was still able to land on African soil with their 27,000 legionaries. Carthage decided that they were going to just protect the main city. So Rome just starts going hog wild in the countryside, sacking cities left and right. Well, you can't have that go on for too long. So eventually, okay, Carthage decides, all right, we're going to send out, we're going to send out our army. We're going to take place in the city called Addis. Addis, not sure. A-D-Y-S is how it's spelled. Um, and they set themselves up on a hill, thinking that the high ground there is going to be to their advantage. But as I said earlier, that the Romans had just gotten through a 50-year war with people in hills, so they knew everything there was to know about getting people out of hills. Uh, what they wound up actually doing was uh, they marched through the night and did a surprise attack in the morning, hit him with like a pincer maneuver. True. Just, yeah, wiped him off the field very quickly. Um, but really, mostly it was that the Samnites had put themselves in such an awful position to be in, right? Cavalry, which is one of their main strengths, is less effective on uh, on hilly terrain. So that's kind of silly. And the Romans are particularly effective on hilly terrain. It was just a bad move. So Carthage is shitting bricks at this point. They decide it's time to give up. They sue for peace. The terms they get back from the Roman general on the field, the Roman consul, were so severe that it wasn't actually worth giving up. I mean, the the the, the terms they got back were basically, yeah, you're going to be like the entirety of Carthage is going to become a um, a province of Rome, not just like you know, where you you got to let go of Sicily, like what they were fighting over in the first place, right? Right. Basically, treating them like they had already, they like they are they had already won everything. Not that they sure. just were dealing with a a weak but still strong opponent. So, and it wasn't even worth giving up. There was no incentive to give up. You might as well fight it out if that's the sure. You know, if those are the terms they get back. So they just decide they decided that they would. They'd fight it out, and they would hold out for a miracle. And they found it. They found a Greek general, a guy named Xanthippus. 
Uh, while the Romans camped out for winter, they brought this guy in. And he went around and he kind of talked to people who had been at that battle. He'd figured out and he, oh boy, realized that there was a real case of, real case of the donkey going around uh, in in the the leadership, in the generals uh, at that first battle on the Carthaginian side. They'd done everything wrong. He's, he's looking at these soldiers. He's looking at the cavalry. He's looking at the elephants going, there's no reason this shouldn't have worked. This was just straight up incredibly bad tactics and maybe not so great morale. Um, he he he's convinces the uh, the Carthaginians, let me do let me do this. I can totally beat them. You don't have to worry. And this time, buddy, the turn tabled. Carthage won. Uh, the turn tabled. The turn tabled. Xanthippus marches okay. out the army. Uh, he puts his elephants right in the middle of the army. God. Were elephants? Yes. I mean, it's shitty for the elephant. Mm-hmm. But in like, uh, you know, in the level of badassery, you got an elephant charging at you. Yeah. Like, so you good. You've probably never even seen one. You didn't even know something like that could exist. Yeah. Uh, to counter this, the the Roman general did something kind of silly. He basically kind of like, if you imagine the... The, the army lined up in lines, so they're basically forming a rectangle. He basically inverted his rectangle, so the um, it was very narrow but very deep, thinking, I don't want the elephants to charge all the way through my line, but that left him very open to be flanked, uh, which he was. So by the time they made it through the elephants and the, the cavalry charging to the side, you know, the the infantry on the Carthaginian side hadn't even engaged. It was just, it was a disaster for the Romans. Um the uh, rather than so, the other thing is, uh, the other thing that was going on on the Roman side while this was going on, we talked for how Roman generals, Roman consuls, they're only ever in charge for one year. So the guy who's there, right. he he landed the winter before. He's camped it all winter. He doesn't want to wait for supplies to come because supplies also include the next guy who's going to be in charge. He's like, it's going to be the next guy who's going to, you know. Who's going to get all the glory? Get the glory, right? Yeah. So he marched. He he forced a battle early without getting reinforced. So the force that was showing up to reinforce this army actually showed up to pick up like the fifteen hundred or so survivors from the twenty seven thousand that had gone over. So they picked them up mm-hmm. and they head back to Rome. Add insult to injury, and this is just like a footnote in this conflict. It's fucking unbelievable. Add insult to injury. The fleet was hit by a storm on the way home. Sunk all the ships. They lost, no joke, 100,000 people. Jesus. Like, <laughs> like you said, like life was cheap back in the day, but it also just time has a way of totally blunting the impact of that. Just bananas to yeah, think of. Like a, if you thought of 100,000 people dying at sea tomorrow, yeah. that would just be... Uh, massive people would talk about it for years and it would be this huge event. Yeah. And now we're just like, yeah, 100,000 people died. Next. Yeah. Uh, Xanthippius, um, he, uh, he, on the other hand, <laughs> having just won this big wa- battle for Carthage, he got uh, threatened privately by like other nobles and he eventually just fucked off because he was like, these people are going to fucking murder me if I stay, stay around. These people are nuts. They were kind of threatened by by his newfound prestige and influence, and so he won one battle for them, and then he was just out. So he's he he never came back. So yeah, really. So after eight years, really after 
there's another series of kind of pointless battles in and around Sicily that go on for another four years. New consul come in. He'll raise a, an army. He'll say, I got this great idea. I'm going to be able to get the Carthaginians out of Sicily. Turns out it's the same idea everyone else had. Ends the same way. There was one guy even, if you can fucking believe this, man. There was one guy started a battle. He had he had, he had asked the sacred chickens for the blessing to start the battle. And the sacred chickens didn't they didn't eat so he didn't you know it wasn't a good time for battle and he he went into battle anyways like can you fucking believe this clown dude how do you not listen to the sacred chickens right the sacred chickens yeah. are there for a reason that's why they're colonels that's <laughs> why they're colonels that doesn't even really make sense I know. <laughs> yeah, you have there's a third joke you have to put in there like joke and, and you are what you eat <laughs> <laughs> I was trying to make it like a Colonel San Colonel Sanders tie in, you know, because it was a military. Oh, okay. They're, they're colonels. They should. Have okay. All leadership. right. All right. I was going a different way. Uh, yeah. Yeah. But I don't know. It was a bad. It was an awful <laughs> joke. Anyhow, I admit to it. Yeah. But that was like another battle where they would have lost like a hundred thousand people. This just like went on for another four years, and uh, after that and again i'm giving like the cliff's notes versions each one of these battles are do. interesting but you know we're already almost an hour in and yeah yeah sure. <laughs> like i just there's my two jokes get worse the more i the more tired i get <laughs> there's just too much to go over so to give you the cliff's notes there's four more years of pointless fighting over sicily nothing really changes and after 12 years of these two guys beating the shit out of each other the Places that they kind of had their thumbs on who weren't necessarily thrilled about having them be their thumbs on. Like in Rome, it was, you know, kind of, I think it was like the Gauls towards the north were starting to agitate, you know, realizing that maybe Rome's weak. Maybe they're starting to have a few domestic problems. Carthage, definitely the same thing. They were losing uh, their uh, Numidians, which were their their cavalry people, which was not great for them. Um, So... They kind of like, after about 12 years, they just kind of stopped really funding this war that they were fighting against each other. Sicily became sort of like this backwater war zone that, like, yeah, technically they're fighting over it, but eh, they're not really doing a whole lot. The Like a Cold War. Sort of, but like hotter than a Cold War, just like, sure. yeah. I think well, there's more, no nukes, so they could actually skirmish. Yeah, I think that was maybe more common in the back in the day where wars would go on for so long and almost settle into like a comfortable little like. Yeah. This well, is, I mean, think he, if you think about the like the states in Russia, if it wasn't for the threat of nuclear war, they'd be they'd be fighting here and there. You know, there'd be planes getting shot down or bombs occasionally, or there'd be something. But yeah. they can't because the whole world will end. They can't now. Well, I don't know. I don't think the Russians would pose much of a threat like with, outside of nuclear warheads. That's what I mean, though. But like, yeah. they'd probably still they'd probably still punch you in the nose, kind of thing. No doubt, no doubt about that. Right? Yeah. Like whether they'd win a war or not, they'd still give you a shot. Oh yeah, 
they saw your plane flying by, they'd shoot it down or something, you know, something like that. I mean, you know, I will say, uh, I hope very much for a lot of reasons, you know, just fight the Russians back to the Ukrainian border and do not step one foot inside of Russia. Uh, it's never a good idea. It has never worked out for anybody. It's never worked for any, yeah, anybody. No. You just can't. Anna, it's just you can't do it. It, it. Geopolitical reasons aside, even when you're playing risk, you can't hold Russia. No, no. Australia is the way to go. Well, Australia or sometimes North America can be a viable strategy too. Yeah. If you got to really luck out, though. Sure. Yeah. We gotta play some risk. Oh man, do you want to start a fight, eh? <laughs> <laughs> Anyhow, so anyway, so the Carthaginian, yeah, they just became, they kind of like really stopped funding this. Uh, they left their general. The Carthaginians left their general. This guy named Hamilcar Barca. He's there to been waging a guerrilla war against the Romans, um, and they're you know admittedly just as disinterested as the Carthaginians. Um, they both have their own shit to deal with at home. This goes on for about eight years. This kind of like nobody's really paying attention to this. In 243 BC, 21 years after the start of this war, Rome, you know, kind of realizes that nobody's really been paying attention to this thing. And they decide to build one last fleet. And finally, because Carthage had stopped really even uh, sailing their fleet around the region, Rome's able to get in there and kind of establish a presence. And they're able to stay on the waters and establish presence for a long time. It's it's a while before Carthage can get their shit together and establish their own fleet. But by that point, the Romans were the more experienced sailors. And so the, you know, the ensuing battle, Rome wins in the water. Rome's able to finally... Um, put together an effective blockade and siege against these last remaining cities in Sicily, and the war comes to a close two years after, two years later. Having uh, no, this is the first Punic War. This is the first Punic War. Now, you know, having finally taken the islands, uh, the the Carthaginians once more sued for peace. This time, the response is much more reasonable. Uh, they were they asked they, the Romans said a very large sum of money. Um, because this was a very expensive war, complete withdrawal from Sicily, and a releasing of all prisoners. Really not that bad, you know, all tales told. Um, and, uh, you know, that again, that, that ended the First Punic War. Now, there's an end credit scene here. Oh, like a Marvel post-credits? Yeah. The okay. end credit scene here would be Hamilcar Barca, the Carthaginian general. He's leaving Sicily on a boat, and he's looking back, and he's got his two sons with him. And as he leaves, he makes these boys, these boys named Hasdrubal and Hannibal, swear a blood oath to get revenge against Rome. Ooh, I've heard about one of them. (laughs) So that's the end. That's the First Punic War, told poorly and... Uh, I, I, okay. I want to say quickly, but it was an hour and one minute. So, Hey, you know what? I'm going to give us this. Uh, we've been on a little bit of a break. It's it's going to take a little bit back. We're rusty. Back that, uh, 
to get back in the pocket, I guess. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you know what? That was good. I want <clears throat> I want to workshop some uh, episode name ideas. Uh, you go first. <laughs> well, one one thing there is a, a lot of undercurrents or a lot of themes in this that really closely mirror the first World War. Um, there's a lot of kind of. I'm not, by the way, addressing what you said at all. I'm just going into some thing <laughs> observations I have. <laughs> Punic but, wars, as told by puny podcast host. <laughs> <laughs> copy print yeah that's good that's good um in terms of like a lot of donkey generalship um sure. a lot of pointless fighting over no gain of of real territory horrendous yeah. losses and at the end of it the side that lost you know particularly among this uh hamilcar Bar- uh, barca who becomes a pretty influential person uh, in the future, are real sort of stabbed in the back by the domestic politicians' uh, vibe from him. So, and the you know the thing about any war is it's two rich assholes having a disagreement, mm-hmm. uh, getting everybody to die for it. Yeah, and they never have to fight it. And well, back in it, the day, kinda... back in the day, at least those guys had to like they did actually have to fight. Sure, but, you know, like, what difference, what big difference do you think that it made to the average Roman, whether they controlled those cities in Sicily or not, versus, uh, you know, do you think those people in those cities in Sicily really cared who they who they uh, had over top of them? At the end of the day, they just wanted to go be families, be, you know, get well, drunk. Ev- yeah, everyone at the end of the day. Fun. Uh, just wants to be a human. Stupid, man. War's dumb. It is dumb. I can at least see from... So, like, geopolitically, if you want to look at it from that angle, Rome is expanding, and so is Carthage. They're the two biggest... They're the two biggest cats on the block at that point, other than Greece. But Greece is kind of, you know, fractured. Um, I think at this point they've gone through... The, yeah, they've gone through their Alexander you know, period, and they're, they've fractured afterwards. So Rome and Carthage are the two big boys, and they're both kind of ascending at the same time. And Carthage was getting awfully close to Rome. If you think about how far away Carthage was versus how close they were getting to where Rome is, you know, I can kind of see Rome thinking... uh if they like, own all of Sicily, then that's bad. For well, them. for sure. And like, think of the strait from where Messina was to where Italy was. That's a very narrow strait. And if all of a sudden you don't have access to that, you can't get from one side of your island to the other by boat, which you might want to do for various reasons. Yeah. You know, that could be very bad for them. So I, I can kind of see why they felt like they were being encroached on. Um, I am gonna. I am gonna put a uh, copy. A link to the map that I'm looking at because it doesn't. When you look at the map, you kind of go like, "Oh yeah, yeah." Kind of, yeah, kind of see why they why it was sort of inevitable that they they ended up fighting. Yeah. Um, if you want to learn more about this, you got to check out Mike Duncan's History of Rome podcast. He is the the greatest of all time when it comes to history podcasters, in my opinion. 
Uh, for a link to that too. Yeah, absolutely. Other than maybe, I mean, him and Dan Carlin, they're the they're the champs. Dan Carlin's great. Yep. Um, but also, there's a, a YouTube channel called Oversimplified. It's pretty. Um, it's really good videos on it. That guy made a really great point about um, the differences between Roman generals and uh, Carthaginian generals. But I'm going to leave that for you to go find in that video. But it was a really keen observation. Little little breadcrumb for you there or for somebody yeah. there. I don't know. Oversimplified uh, <laughs> did a couple of good videos. They're a little silly, but they're kind of good. And then uh, Extra Credits also did some videos on that. Uh, but mostly Mike Duncan, who's done books and uh, 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 podcasts about Rome. He's great. Yeah, he is really good. And I think that's, you know, when we set out to do this show, it's like there's people who do this stuff really well. And <laughs> we're and not mission, one of them. <laughs> our mission was just to have fun. Have yep. fun with some stories <laughs> and, and, and just hang out. And I mean... I, I really am secondhand that. news guy. I, I hear stuff that really interests me, and then I do my best to convey that to you. It's yeah. all it is. Yeah. And that's, you know what? That's fine. We have our little niche. We have a little bit of fun. And that's the uh, magic. Hopefully, if you hear something on this show, uh, it inspires you to dig a little deeper. And I think that's a good idea, Matt. It's kind of pointing people in the right direction after yeah. to actually learn facts mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. like to dig deeper right because mm-hmm. there are people who do that very well mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. they're just not us no well yeah. yeah i'm yeah uh do you have a matt's closing fact i don't have a matt's closing fact that's because that's not usually my job oh so i guess that's my job <laughs> <laughs> I can see you stalling wow. for time as you flip through your book of facts there. <laughs> Man, I wasn't super uh I wasn't super prepared for this one. No which you know, going forward to season two, uh we're gonna be a lot more prepared. Yes, I the quality have, is gonna go up drastically. I wasn't randomly looking for any fact, I was looking for a particular one. Uh I found this kind of neat. The arteries and veins surrounding the brainstem look like a stick person with blood vessels called the circle of Willis forming a large head. The circle so of Willis? So there's like a little thing in there that people look at it. It's the circle of Willis. What you talk about, Willis? <laughs> what are you talking about, Willis? <laughs> We're all I'm Willis. I'm talking about season two fact schmacks. <laughs> I was working on this. I, it, I didn't quite... I couldn't quite figure it out how exactly the analogy worked, but I was trying to figure out what these these countries would be or these city states would be if they were wrestlers. Because really, all I had was <laughs> that was that uh, the Carthage would be the million dollar man, Ted DiBiase, because they just kind of hire out all their all their stuff. Totally. Yeah. Uh, I'm gonna send you uh, the Circle of Willis. Circle of Willis, and you're gonna you're gonna love the shit out of this. It's actually pretty cool. It could be our new back schmacks logo if you put a dunce cap on it. <laughs> put a dunce cap on the circle of Willis. The circle of Willis. Put a dunce cap on the circle of Willis. Just as a sentence, sounds like an indie song. <laughs> <laughs> All right, you should have that in your chat box there. Okay, we're just gonna like 
<laughs> right? That's the circle of Willis. No. That's, yeah. That's the no. thing. No, come on. Yeah. I mean, yeah. obviously without that's... the hands and ears and, you know. Yeah, or, or do they have little hands? Look at this. I'm going to show you. I'm going to send you my whole screen. I encourage anybody to look up the circle of Willis. This may be our uh, our new little little guy here. It's like your whole nervous system. He looks like a little cartoon dude. He kind of does. Yeah, isn't that crazy? That is really weird. Yeah. Okay. Well, th- thrilling podcastery. <laughs> Master of our craft. <laughs> Absolutely. Boy, we better get practicing again. Holy <laughs> shit. All right. Well, have a All good right. one. Thanks and good night. Good night. All right. All right. Bye. Uh, See you next season. Little hand. Oh, little guy. <laughs> Thank you for listening to Fact Smacks. We hope you enjoyed our show. If you want to hear more, be sure to check us out on Patreon at patreon.com forward slash facts schmacks. Or you can check us out on Facebook or on YouTube or on Twitter.com at Fact Schmacked Pod. We also have a website, factschmacks.xyz, because we know you haven't had enough yet. Sure. <laughs> <laughs>